Hi, this is Ray Park. I play Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon Podcast. Check it out, listen, make sure the force is strong. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An Elegant Weapon for the more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. episode 164 my name is jay the jedi ross and welcome back as we continue our fan expo 2015 extravaganza this week i have something very special for you that initially turned out to be something very very special for me uh i was finally given the opportunity to moderate my first panel at fan expo canada and what an amazing time it was uh, the panel is about uh, self-publishing and marketing in the independent comic world. Had some amazing, amazing guests on the panel with me. Uh, we were talking with Mr. Jay Fosgett. He's the artist on My Little Pony, and uh, his own work is called Bodhi Troll. Uh, also from the Michigan area, Mr. Ted Woods. And from right here in our own little hometown province of Ontario, Canada... Uh, all the way over from London, the wonderful Miss Jules Faulkner uh, joined us on the panel. Uh, self-publishing and marketing in the independent comic world. And uh, if you're into that kind of thing, which I'm sure many of you listening to this show are, I guarantee you've got to be able to pick up a tip or two out of this because uh, it was fantastic. It was a uh, standing room only, uh, a lot of interest, a lot of audience participation, and we had a grand old time. I learned a thing or two. So uh, sit back, relax, uh, you know, get your ear holes ready, uh, and be prepared to witness and experience the self-publishing, self-marketing panel from Fan Expo 2015. Uh, thank you, everyone, for another wonderful year of Fan Expo Canada. Uh, we'll be back again and again next year, of course, for our fourth annual coverage. Gorilla Pod style is the event. Until then, of course, another year of wonderful, exciting things to come. So thank you, all of you people who are out there and listening. I greatly, greatly appreciate it, and I hope you are enjoying 
Um, so yeah, here we go. Fan Expo 2015. Self-marketing and self-publishing independent comic book panel with Mr. Jay Fosgett, Mr. Ted Woods, and the indomitable Miss Jules Faulkner. Enjoy! Hi! How's everybody doing? Having a fun fan expo? Wonderful. My name's Jay. I do a podcast out of Mississauga. It's called An Elegant Weapon Podcast, where I interview quite a few independent comic creators, writers, artists, people in the industry. And through that, I've gotten to know a lot of very cool people. And today, I have three of those very cool people here in front of you. This is Ted Woods. This is Jay Fosgett. And this is Jules Faulkner. So why don't we start with Jules, and why don't you tell them a little bit about where you're from and what you do? Uh, okay, I'm, oh, can everybody hear me? Do I need that? We're good? All right. Uh, let's see, uh, I'm in from London today. Uh, that's where we lived the last couple of years. Um, I do a couple of online comics. Uh, Promises, Promises is sort of health and fitness themed. I like to say it's about making a good effort. Uh, the new one is called Night and Dave, and it's a fantasy fairy tale story about a knight and a goat that follows him around being a jerk. <laughs> and uh, I've done a couple of anthology stories. My uh, sort of base um, uh, income is storyboards for television right now. I did a lot of animation and illustration for kids' books, that sort of thing. That's me. Mr. Fosgett. Uh, hi. Um, I'm the creator of the all-ages comic book Bodie Troll from Red 5 Comics. If you might have heard about sure, it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Happy enough for uh, I'm also one of the artists on the My Little Pony comic. Um, just recently started that. <laughs> Only one person reads My Little Pony, really. Um, and, uh, oh, this is Bodie Troll. <laughs> Brought him with me. He's just hanging out today to keep me cool. So, uh, amongst other things, I'm a member of the National Cartoonist Society, and I have. Um, done some other comics. I did a book called Dead Duck back in 2009 for Ape Entertainment that was not all ages. And uh, anyway, now I'm pr prominently an all ages comic creator, uh, very much in the indie comics scene, except for My Little Pony and some new projects coming up that I can't talk about yet. So, go ahead, Ted Woods. Um, so my name is Ted Woods, and I've only been working professionally for a little less than five years. So I'm still very early into the comic scene, which puts me directly in the middle of small press and independent, because that's the nice way of saying I haven't done a whole lot. Um, but um, I started out self-publishing for a couple of years, and uh, since then, since about 2012, I've been freelancing for a bunch of various types of projects, basically anything that would pay me. Um, so trading cards, um, I've done a lot of lettering, um, done, done some penciling and inking, but also doing a lot of shows and everything. Um, and I'm currently putting together my own graphic novel that is going to be small press and indie type stuff, um, but it's early stages, so that's in the very, very much, can't talk, tell you too much about that either. But, yeah. Very cool. Uh, so I know a lot of people in this room are probably quite interested in the beginnings of self-publishing and that type of stuff. So, Ted... Where do you even start? When you get the idea in your head of self-publishing a comic book, what is the next thought that you kind of have as far as reality? Okay, so, yeah, there's 
I mean, at every single convention I've ever been to, you know, there's always somebody that's like, here's this idea I have for a comic. And it usually involves a superhero. Um, and first of all, if, if you're still trying to think of an idea, look, don't look at it as like, well, what do I want to do? Look at it as like, what does... What is not out there? What does the industry need? You know, what are people hungry for that they don't, might not realize that they're hungry for, something like that? What's different? You know, um, I assure you that we have enough superheroes. Um, <laughs> got plenty of those. That, that niche is covered. So, um, but, I mean, if you've got a really great original superhero idea, please, we could use that, too. <laughs> um, but... Think about it in terms of, like, what is the industry missing? And how can I solve that problem? Um, so the way I kind of did that is um, I was like, well, I, I love variety um, in comics. I like superheroes, but I like sci-fi. I like fantasy. I like romance. I like all these things. So I was like, well, I will put together my own comics. I'm writing them, and I'm penciling them. And I, I decided, okay, I want each story that I do to be different, so I went out and I talked to other artists that I know. Um, some of them I went to school with, some of them I met at conventions, some of them I, you know, met through DeviantArt, um, or some, you know, just find ways to network and meet other artists that can help you um, in any way that you can. Uh, it's great to have stuff that's like, this is, I wrote it, I drew it, I inked it, I colored it, I lettered it, I did everything, but it's also like, Comics are a team project, and so go out and find a team. Um, as far as the practicality goes, like when you've got your pages, when you've got it lettered, when it's done, uh, first thing you need is a printer. Um, and as far as that goes, there are small-time printers that can do it on a local basis. There's websites like, you know, Comics Press and um, Kablam. I'm, I'm blanking on a couple other ones, I'm sure, but... Um, I personally prefer working with somebody face-to-face, -face, and there's nothing more frustrating than the stress of, oh my gosh, what's the deal with my you know, comic that's in print? This is my life that I've put on the line, and you try to call them on the phone, you get a machine, you try to you know, type an email to it. It's like you can't talk to a person. So I would highly recommend um, finding some sort of a printer. Um, I used Greco Printing, which is based in Michigan. Uh, where Jay and I are from. Um, as far as distribution goes, um, for small time, you're going to be limited, especially at the very beginning, to conventions. Um, and so that's another reason why it's good to have a team, because in this case, um, one of the books that I uh, freelanced is the letterer for, it's called Light Earth. It's a sword and sorcery fantasy. Um, I was just the letterer on it, but the writer and creator, gave me some copies, and so I'm representing Light Earth here at Toronto Fan Expo, and I'm telling everybody about it and everything, and so I'm pushing it here. Um, and so that's why it's good to have a lot of different people, you know, on your team. Um, Diamond is, you know, an impenetrable fortress. Um, that's just kind of the way it is. So um, you'd have to be a very major company to get that, so that would be a whole other discussion as far as distribution goes on a national le or international level. But, um, but yeah, definitely conventions are your best friend. So always be going to conventions, always be talking to artists and creators and um, just seeing what avenue you can explore in that respect.
Very cool. Jules, do you have a Canadian version of that? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, I, I, is it inappropriate to be contrary? No. Okay. Um, I, I have to disagree with Ted on a couple of points. Um, mostly his clothes. Mostly, yeah, and that haircut. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, because I do most of my work online, um, there is just a tremendous amount that you can do for yourself online. Uh, there's, in my opinion, there's almost nothing that a distributor can do for you that you can't do for yourself since we've had the Internet. Um, I actually, my, the better part of my sales come from online sales. Um, uh, conventions are largely promotional for me. I get a, a good chunk of traffic that way. Uh, and I, I, I can't complain about my sales. You can buy my book at my table, <laughs> all three of them. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, things like Etsy are a really good place to start. They only take a tiny chunk. Uh, Patreon is a fantastic way to get started. Kickstarter. Um, and, I, I mean, that's just in terms of funding and distribution. Uh, one of the things I'd like to really backtrack to, though, is uh, I don't know if anybody else gets this, but the first time, first idea I ever had, my first thought is, well, I can't do that, right? Like, I, I don't have the time. I work full time. I've got all this other stuff going on. And then my buddy Brian did the 24-hour comic challenge, and he was working the same job I was. We were both at Nelvan at the time. And he was showing this thing to me, and he ended up taking that 24-hour chunk that he did and building it into his first book. And it was it was a great little story, a, a really good first start called Lucy Legacy. He's not here at this one, but if he's uh, at the next one, I really recommend you check it out. Actually, I think you can buy his books online at his website, too. Um, but it's uh, being around other creators, as Ted said, and just sort of getting the sense that, you know what, maybe if I, I start in this tiny chunk and just start building a story for me, You'd be surprised what you can accomplish, just sort of what comes together by adding one more line and one more line. And just keep moving forward. I have a lot of people on the show who, uh, guys, people will come on because they have a Kickstarter on for their new comic, and, you know, they want to push that and everything. And it's really exciting because sometimes after you'll see a successful one, these guys may come back the next year. And I get to do an episode and see how excited they were that their Kickstarter came through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to see the hard work that goes into it is uh, it's impressive, you know what I mean? And it does. It takes a lot of hard work, but I think it's worth it in the end when mm -hmm. you see your product out there. Jade, you had a bit of a different way into self-publishing, kind of, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's it's sort of a strange monster, really, because not him, but... Um, <laughs> Now, the whole idea is that I've never properly self-published my stuff. Um, I have in the loosest sense in that I've had publishers, present company not specifically, but my very first publisher, Ape Entertainment, was a company, was supposed to be a company in itself, and I ended up having to do all my own promotion. I ended up having to sink a lot of my own money into it. So just because you have a publisher does not necessarily mean everything's taken care of for you. It's still very much like being an indie publisher doing your own stuff half the time. Um, the big difference, I guess, is that is distribution. Ape Entertainment was a small enough company that I had to do all that legwork, but they were still released through Diamond, which is the biggest distributor distributor in at least North America that I'm aware of. And uh, to have Diamond pushing your books into stores, potentially worldwide, as mine have been, fortunately, uh, is everything. Um, so, you know, you, you have that benefit, uh, but you're also profit-splitting with the company. So a publisher like Ape or Red 5, whom I go through for Bodhi Troll, um, they sink the money into printing the book, uh, you know, publishing, promotion, 
not so much promotion. Promotion's still very much on my end, but what little they, they do with promotion. Uh, free Comic Book Day. We put out a Bodhi issue every Free Comic Book Day. Um, so they, they pay for that. And any profits to be made have to come out of, after everything's been paid for, then we split that. And profits have been very minimal. That takes me back to what you guys were saying about conventions, which have benefited me greatly, because I will buy copies of my book from my publisher uh, at, at cost, which is a fraction of what it would ordinarily cost. And I sell them directly to people at conventions. I try to add a little something extra, having it, getting it there directly from me. I'll do an original drawing of my character in the book for you guys or whatever. So um, things like that not only bring the book directly to people, allow me to uh, talk to the people directly and explain what I do, uh, but having that interaction for me means everything. I really like meeting the people that read my work, getting their input, and ideally, if they enjoy my work, that fuels me and keeps me going in this, you know, haphazard industry. So, if that answered anything. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Okay, there's uh, there's one thing I want to ask you guys about I'm interested in, and then we'll get some questions and let you guys, I'm sure some of you have some questions, but... There's an interesting contrast that I find. I've, I've spent a bit of time in Michigan over the past few years. I like to go down in May for Motor City Comic Con. If anybody hasn't checked that out, great Comic Con. But there's a lot of, there's a really, really good support structure going on in Michigan. And there's not like a claw your way to the top type attitude. It's more of a let's lift everybody up attitude. Mm -hmm. And it could very well just be a size issue. But here in Toronto, being so huge, you know, especially being a very artsy city, um, I don't know if there's just more of a disconnect because of the size and the population, but uh, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts, you two being from Michigan, mm -hmm. and Jules, you being from these parts around here. Mm -hmm. uh, no, how do you guys feel like about that? that? Do, you, do, you, do you agree, disagree? Yeah. Is there a yeah. contrast there? Absolutely. So, like, at least from Michigan, and, I mean, there's, there's things like this in every major city, really. It's just, there's going to be, you know, like-minded people like we've been talking about. Surround yourself with other creators. You know, it's a great way to meet them here at conventions and everything, but it's like, oh, you're also based in Toronto. Well, you know, who else do you know here? It's like, honestly, like, when I moved to Michigan, fresh out of art school, um, I'd never been to Michigan before. I um, moved up there with a buddy of mine, so I didn't know anybody there. Um, and within a week, I was like, oh, hey, I finally found a comic shop, so I just go in, and I just asked the comic shop owner, I was like, hey, I'm a comic book artist, um, I just moved here, are there any other local creators? And he was like, yeah, I know these people. So, and he got me in touch with them. And, you know, they got me in touch with more people. Then It just kind of grew from there. Um, one great thing, is, and this leaks into the concept of promotion, um, is when you're in those groups, it's not just creators, it's also you know, blog writers and podcast people and, you know, people that have, you know, big Facebook pages and stuff. It's like, you know, you get to know people in all aspects of the industry. And so whenever I'm a part of a project that it's like, okay, it's ready to go, I, you know, contact every person I've met. I'm like, hey, you know, do you guys mind writing up an article about this? Do you guys mind if we do an interview with you, you know, next week or something like that? Um, it's great to have that type of, you know, that's what networking is for. It's because it's like, we're here to help each other out. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to have the same goals. Um, you know, there's competition, but only in the sense of like, well, you know, yeah, we all kind of want the same thing, but 
you know, Jay here who does, you know, all ages comics and me who does kind of grim and gritty stuff, we're not competing for the same things. So we actually try to help each other out. It's like, oh, you, you know, need somebody that, you know, that uh, writes blog posts. Well, I know somebody over here in Detroit that I can help you out with that. So it's, um, it's really, a, for the most part, from everything I've seen, it's a, generally a friendly industry like that. Um, and to kind of get a little bit more close to what you're talking about, Jay, of like, you know, a support structure within Michigan itself, what we had uh, is Motor City Sketch. And it's just a group that we meet, you know, once a month, you know, at like a restaurant or a bar or something like that. Some of us bring sketchbooks. We just kind of meet, talk about the highs and lows of what we've been doing. You know, sometimes there's new people that show up. And it's just we meet and have fun and hang out. And it's, I mean... That's how you do it, honestly. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, we got a very lucky thing here, as I'm sure most of you know. I mean, it's like we've got, like, three Comic-Cons a weekend. You know, I think at one point we had three of the four Batman title artists living in southern Ontario. Like, it's just <laughs> an insane environment to grow up on. So I just, I've seen this cool thing, and that's something I'd, I'd like to try to spread around here is people, you know, getting a little more involved with each other and helping each other out because, obviously, these big, you know, Cons, it's great. I mean, you meet so many people. Take them home with you in a day, you know? So speaking of the people, is there anyone here? Got any questions or queries? Yeah. Hi. Um, I was just wondering what you guys think about uh, when it comes to how technology is affecting how comics and media in general are, are read. I'm working really hard to try and use transmedia, so different types of media that are associated with my work to kind of cross platforms via mobile phones, mm -hmm, films, sure. etc. How important do you think those extra that extra work is going to be in the coming future? Do you think the fans just want the book, or do you think there's going to be this expectation of right. there being integrated uh, interactivity, games, etc.? Does everybody get Can the gist? Can everybody hear that? Ask about technology and advancements. Can I yeah. Yeah, jump in on this one? Um, <clears throat> it's changing so fast. Everything changes so fast. One minute, it, it's one thing. The next, it's another. Um, uh, one of the really great things that happened with uh, WordPress a little while ago was the integration for smartphones. And uh, um, that just made my life so much easier because up until then, I was looking at my, my first website going, how am I going to get this to work? Because, you know, it's a side scroller and this, that, and the other. Plus, you've got uh, things like Comic Chameleon, which will break down your comics panel by panel. You've got people who are doing, like, the infinite scroll comics, and some of those are really cool. There's a guy, I can't think of the name of the strip. It's a little night show dancing clam on it. with He's done a little flash player to get this thing to dance in the odd panel here and there. And uh, in that sense, you're getting loads of new readers because, I mean, kids today kids today are less likely to sit down with a book than they are with an iPad, you know. So, uh, I mean, in that sense, you're capturing a lot of new readers that way. But for – and it depends on your audience. Like, it really goes a lot um, – my audience is sort of – well, for Promises, it was women kind of my age to 50-ish. Um, and uh, so, yeah, 25 to 50, I'd say somewhere in there. Um, and they're the ones who would pick up a book. They're not necessarily the ones who are going to buy it. They're great for free stuff, but uh, um, they're not big on the Flash. And the other, the other thing to consider is a lot of your smartphones won't take Flash players, right? Actually, I don't know if there is one that will. 
So until they've got that sorted out, I think that's going to be a, a big leap when that happens. So, um, but also there are real irritations to it too. Like nothing drives me more crazy than when you go to a site that you think you're just going to read and you get an audio pop-up. All of a sudden, it usually scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> and, it, you know, particularly if you're going to, like, a horror comic site or something like that, and you get the shriek down the, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so I think it, integration is definitely going to get bigger and bigger as we go. Mm -hmm. That's in my opinion. Do any of you guys draw digitally as well? Or I do. You all just, yeah? Well, I, I do both, but I got a Cinti for Christmas a couple of years ago. Jay, so. you kind of do a little bit of both, don't you? I color digitally. Yeah. Uh, I still draw traditionally pen and ink. Um so, uh, yeah, and I, I have a sort of a different approach. I mean, I, I think Jules is definitely the expert at the table as far as, as your question goes. In my experience, limited though it might be, um, you know, for the longest time, people were like, well, digital is going to be the wave, you know, for comics. Everything's going to be read digitally. You know, brick and mortar stores are gone and print's gone. And I have found that it's kind of going in the opposite, that less people are inclined to read digital than they are in print, or in the very least, uh, it's a symbiotic relationship, and, mm -hmm. and you need both. Um, in my case, you know, Bodhi is available on Comixology, but the digital doesn't sell a fraction as well as the print. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a nostalgia, or maybe people just don't want to have to plug in to do something as simple as read a comic. I don't know, but that's just my experience. Mm -hmm. It's hard to kind of address your question as well. Um, I mean, I'm very hardcore traditionalist as far as drawing goes. I, I digitally letter, um, but that's about it. Like, computers hate me and, and that's fine. Like, screw them. So, um, but um, one thing that I would caution against is, I guess, like, I've, I've been to conventions and everything, and there's always somebody where they're like, the ones that stand in front of their booths. And, <laughs> and they are, you know, walking up and they're like, oh, we, you know, you can download our app, you can, you know, check on our website, you can do all this. What's your comic about? Well, it's, you know, it's got this hot girl in it, and, um, you know, she's a cheerleader. And yeah, it's like, but you got to download the app, man. It's, I mean, there's, when you have all that, that's technology, all the, you know, bells and whistles, that's just stuff. You know, at the end of the day, you know, um, have a good story, have interesting characters, have something new and original. Um, the all the extra stuff is going to be great for that. Like, but but never never sacrifice the the basics of storytelling um, for the sake of getting the newest thing. Uh, sort of to piggyback off of that, um, only in a slight way, really, uh, what you were saying about people standing up in front of their tables and whatever. <laughs> if you're going to promote your book, no matter what the circumstances, if you have a publisher, if you are the publisher, nobody likes the hard sell. Nobody likes being yanked off the floor and saying, hey, let me show you my book and shoving it in their hands. Uh, you got to learn a very careful balance of soft sell while getting your point across. Mm -hmm. um, because the hard sell, I don't care how good your work is, that's going to turn people off fast, and you want to get that book in their hands uh, in the most pleasant manner possible. Can I piggyback on oh, that wait, one? He had a question. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry, just one last point. Uh, in terms of promotional materials at conventions, one of the best things I ever did was I started printing bookmarks. 
uh, instead of flyers or uh, yeah, or that sort of thing that you give out. Because at the end of the day, every recycling bin in the show, if you've ever walked around afterwards, is just stuffed full of the, you know, read my comic on this site and here's my business card. But the bookmarks is something that people will actually use, particularly when they pick up your books. And there's a lot of that sort of selling going on. And if you get them made twice the size of a regular business card, you can fold them in half and they're still right the, the right uh, wallet size and put all the information that you want specific people to have. So you don't have to send out everything with your phone number on it. But, right on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just had a question for all three. Um, you know, comics in general, most people who aren't, who don't read comics or come up there on the circus, they tend to think just superheroes just because mm -hmm. the way the media presents it. And um, being creators of, you know, small press indie and using either technology or traditional, you know, ways of communicating that, um, your material out there, is it... Is it not maybe not necessarily hard, but because there is a demographic that you know is looking for more than that, but it's not the demographic that we hear just like the loudest voice, but it's there. Mm -hmm. Is it something that you think about where it's like, you know, I know there are more people out there like myself that I want to you know get this across to, but at the same time, it's like they don't. There, it doesn't seem like it's almost like it almost feels like they don't exist, but I know they exist because I'm one of them. Is, is mm -hmm. that something that you think about when you're creating? Can I jump on this one here, yeah, guys? <laughs> Let me tell you about a thing that went horribly wrong. <laughs> um, my, my Promises Promises, like I said, is sort of health and fitness themed, and I was looking for a lot of that sort of cross-promotional stuff. So I did a, uh, a book giveaway on a site, uh, uh, what is it called? Fitness, go Fit Girls, or anyway, one of the big uh, fitness sites, I can't think of the name of it right now, went really well, generated a ton of traffic, ton of sales for the site. So I thought, well, i got to address more sort of fitness-centric people. So I got in touch with CanFit Pro, which is the big um, fitness expo here. And it, it was the week before Fan Expo that year, and it was just the contrast was phenomenal because you went down the stairs and everything was you know, beautifully lit and carpeted and all these fit, beautiful people walking around with their vegetables. And the very next week, I'm like, whoa, there's a shock. Um, you know, some guy with his giant piece of pizza and drink just uh, waiting at the front doors. But um, uh, it was the worst weekend of my life. They didn't get it at all. They thought I was making fun of them. They thought I was making light of a serious issue. I had one guy stand at my table for... Okay, it, it felt like a lot longer than it probably was, but I got the nastiest lecture about how fat people shouldn't have self-esteem. And uh, one woman picked up my book and said, uh, oh, so I photocopy these and give them out to people? I'm like, no! <laughs> I think I sold maybe four books the entire weekend and just wanted to go home and hide. So, yeah, you, uh, it, it, there's a funny balance sometimes. It, the, uh, you know what? It makes sense in a lot of ways because the, the fitness website was also people who do a lot of digital reading. So in that sense, there was the crossover, whereas the fitness expo were the people who actually go outside. So, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if this is related or not. I kind of thought it was based on the question, but I apologize if it isn't. Um, when... I first got into the comic industry and I was I created my own property. I created a book called Dead Duck. And that's because at the time my interests lied in the sort of late 60s, early 70s underground comics movement. I wanted to do humor with us a little more adult, still cartoony, and just have fun. I had a college mentality. And that's fun for a very small niche of people. Uh, that is not going to sustain you career-wise. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but it didn't me. And so 
much as I never wanted to go with a trend, I never said, I got to do a superhero book because superheroes are hot. Um, I did say, look, all ages material is becoming more popular because of My Little Pony and I wasn't working on the series at the time, but books along those lines were making, you know, all ages the, the hip thing. And so I, I said, well, that's kind of where my humor is lying anywhere these days, a little more gentle, a little more fairy tale-ish, goofy, whatever. And so uh, that was as far as I went saying, I'm going to follow this trend, which is all ages. But I had lifelong love of fairy tales and monsters, Muppets, uh, history with the Muppet Company, and, and so on and so on. So uh, it was a healthy mix of looking at what trends are, but still doing what appealed to me, not what was necessarily going to sell. I think you need that balance. You shouldn't go too far one way or the mm-hmm. other. Everything's balanced in this industry. Yeah, it's a lot for any average. I mean, the old be yourself thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Follow yeah. what's, what's true to you, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, you know, it works out that way. But be aware of, of what's true to you isn't necessarily going to be the thing that's going to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You mentioned soft selling before versus hard selling. And I was just wondering if any of you guys actually took time to learn about sales and marketing and where you went to learn about it and kind of books or recommendations like that. That's a great question. I started my education in advertising. Um, and, uh, again, this was <laughs> back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, uh, when there wasn't a whole lot of uh, talk about things like online marketing because uh, the Internet's a blip, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah, that's just going to be for email. But um, so, it, again, things change a lot and they change really fast. But there are some phenomenal books and websites out there all about that exact sort of balance. I, I don't have it handy here, but I've got a list downstairs of books that were recommended to me that I really liked a lot. Um, one was called The Hagler's Handbook. Uh, the information is dated, uh, but it's the philosophy is still very much applicable. Uh, and again, it talks about, <laughs> well, it says things like women shouldn't wear red because it's a power color. But then it also talks <laughs> about, uh, you know, balancing conversation and reading people and different personality types to address. And uh, most of the time, it's just about generating a conversation with somebody. You know, if somebody comes up to your desk and they're dressed up like Doctor Who. You say, wow, you must really like Doctor Who, huh? And it starts the conversation. <laughs> so um, one thing that I actually pretty recently read um it's kind of i mean i'm always gravitating towards classics when it comes to reading actual books but like um dale carnegie's how to win friends and influence people um is i mean it's from the 30s or something like that but it's like it's still the go-to this is how you network in business this is how you um deal with you know troublesome people it's and it's like and one chapter is talking about as it relates to sales. It's like you want to get the person agreeing with you right off the bat. You know, it's like um, however, whatever your comic is, it's like see like how you can twist it so it's like um, oh you like this, well I like this too, or you know oh you're looking for this type of thing. This is exactly what it is that you're looking for. Just try to you know I would definitely recommend that book. Um, it's got a lot. I mean, just as dealing with any business in general, you know, and so it applies very well to comics. Well, referrals are terrific, too. That's one of the great things about, you know, doing these sort of shows and you're sitting with friends and, uh, you know, somebody could come up to Ted's booth and maybe, you know, they're not really into the gritty stuff, but, hey, 
Jules and Jay do super cartoony. Mm -hmm. You should check out their stuff. Or, you know, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, mine's super cartoony, but Ted's got this really great real stuff. He'll draw your pictures. Of... So it, if you don't have what the customer is looking for, it really goes a long way to know what it is that they want. Um, particularly if, again, it generates that conversation to them before, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe you don't dig uh, fitness cartoons, but I bet your girlfriend would or your wife does. or Because she's fat, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> Yeah. I, I have absolutely no background <laughs> as far as promotion goes. I was not smart enough in college to take any sort of, I wish I would have taken some sort of art business course. Uh, uh, but I will say, hopefully this, this helps out a little bit, that um, for me, networking has been everything. Um, so is as important as it is to sell your stuff to the individuals, it's just as important to network with professionals in the industry, uh, to become friends with these people, and more often than not, that's going to lead to further work for you. Um, everywhere I have gotten in this industry, I don't want to say it's because of who I knew, but uh, it's been a, a huge factor. Uh, almost more so than my talent and ability has been the people that have said, hey, Jay can do this. That's how I got on My Little Pony, as I'm friends with Katie Cook who recommended my art to her editor, there you go. Um, I don't know if I have any other examples off the top of my head, um, but uh, things of that nature. So it's it's not quite what you were saying, but I, I, I think it somewhat pertains, okay. hopefully. Sorry, just further to that, what do you do to build those relationships specifically? Being in places like Fan Expo, um, and I would say, I mean, there's a million conventions out there, okay, and the smaller ones can be fun, but those are not the ones typically where you're going to network to the degree where you're going to build your career fast and furious. Mm -hmm. You're going to meet great people like I've met. And again, like Jay was saying, we support one another. Um, but if you want to meet the editors and the publishers that are going to take care of your work, you have to go to Fan Expo. You have to go to San Diego Comic Con, New York Comic Con, Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah. Um, you have to make sure that the, the publishers and the editors are there. Because you, you, can, you can research this online. If you find out they're not going to be there, Showing your work to some intern that Marvel is sending just to maintain the booth and hand out flyers isn't going to get you anywhere. I found that out the hard way. So, I disagree. Well, you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I don't disagree, but just uh, it, in addition to, uh, there are some phenomenal online um, communities. Uh, I'm part of webcomics.com. I've met a ton of great people through there. Actually, just uh, guys that I've never met in real life that uh, I know through Jay and Ted, like uh, Adam Huber. I did a guest comic for him a little while ago. Jim Anderson. Jim Anderson, yeah, he's phenomenal. Ellie on Planet X, if you guys get a chance to look it up, it's an amazing webcam. I made a fool of myself in front of him. <laughs> oh, you're so great, you're a national treasure. Uh, but, uh, um, the, the point is, the, the more like friendly conversations you can generate, in particular, uh, in any of these communities, plus a lot of these companies that you do want to apply to will have their... Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking Minions. For? Not minions. They're, they're uh, specs uh, online, like what they want to see in a portfolio, who you submit it to, um, when they're accepting submissions, uh, you know, don't send this, do send that. And honestly, sometimes cold calling and cold emailing works. I agree with cold yeah. calling and cold emailing. I do think looking at, you know, standing in line at San Diego uh, to have our uh, editors look at your portfolio as the slow way to do it and usually the way that's not going to happen. I have met so few people where that's led to anything. Um, me going around San Diego with my portfolio in hand, walking up to the specific editors saying, look, I know this isn't what you do. Can I have five minutes of your time to show you what I do? 
that's made all the difference. That's how I got my publisher for Bodhi, for Dead Duck, um, and, and some other stuff coming down the pipeline. So, um, and I don't mean to discourage other as I mean, there's no one sure path. I only know the path that works for me, Jules with her, Ted with him, et cetera, et cetera. Can I pile onto your point there one more thing? As long as you're not going to negate it again. <laughs> if you wouldn't embarrass yourself like that. Um, Jules is a dink. Do I have to separate you two? Jeez. <laughs> now, now, children. I'll turn this panel around. I swear to God. <laughs> no ice cream. Okay. Um, it's <laughs> in addition to speaking to publishers and things. Hi, Bodhi. Yes, good boy. Um, it, one of the things that works out really great is at the end of the show on the last day, everybody's sort of packing up. Take your books around to the different bookstores that are at these shows, right? Because more often than not, I don't want to haul a half a books, you know, box of books home. If I take them around and give people a deal, then they're distributed in even more stores. And the bigger shows will have stores in from, well, in the States, all over Ontario, all over mm -hmm. whatever province you're in. And that's just getting your work out that much further. So. Sorry, did you have a question, Nick? Uh, I did. Uh, I used a, as part of Potluck Studios, we're a brand new uh, group online where we're trying to bring different creators together. So you submit your portfolio, give a couple examples of work and what you do. So if you're a writer, say you're a writer. If you're an artist, you say that you're an artist. And we match you up with somebody that wants to make something that matches your interest. So if you like bullet writing, uh, written stuff and you match up with an artist like the dog doing stuff and that kind of thing. Sort of like right an on. agent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah right on. Free. So, oh, even better. So the price is right. To her, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a rare commodity. I've yeah. never yeah. heard of anyone doing something like that. Um, we do everything from uh, help through the writing process, make sure that uh, people are submitting things on a timely basis. If they're not submitting things, then we remove them from the project and we bring someone else in from our pool. So uh, right now, cool. because we are brand new, our biggest thing is we're trying to get a pool mm -hmm. of more. For sure. And what's the website again? Hotmugstudios.com. Hotmugstudios.com. Write it down. Do you guys have a booth or are you walking around? I am walking around. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it, yeah, uh, just, just Twitter. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Put your Facebook away. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. I have read an insane amount of incredible comic books created by people who've never met each other. They met on Twitter. They worked the whole thing out online. Just books that I can't even tell you how good they are. Uh, I'm going to make one recommendation for this whole panel. There's a book called Tart. Okay. By your mom? It, <laughs> <laughs> it's by a writer named Kevin Joseph from Florida and an, uh, an artist named Ludovic Salet from France and they didn't meet till I think their second Comic Con that the book was at and it's one of the most beautiful books I've ever seen it's fantastic so tweet and little communities that build on Twitter that's how my podcast that's how I met anybody Was get, the day I signed up for Twitter was when I met everybody and it's built to this mm. moment, meeting all cool people like this. The highest this moment of anyone's career is this moment. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get better than this. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's uh, it's a fantastic way to meet people. So I highly recommend that you get on Twitter and podcasts. We are always, well, if you're kind of a comic-based podcast, we're always looking for people to talk to. And there's just as many podcasts out there as comic creators. And you can easily find them, and they love guests and... Uh, you know, they'll get your word out there and they'll help. So, yeah, podcasts, podcasts are huge. Twitter, mm -hmm. big thing. 
Uh, we'll get to you, but you had your hand up first. Uh, Sorry. You mentioned Patreon. Mm -hmm. I like. I have one. I can literally search for my comic name on Patreon and not find myself. Yeah, there. The, um, that was a. Comp when was it? Two weeks ago, they sent out a whole um, email about revisions that they've been making, and it's one of the things that they're working on. Okay, it's so one it's of the glitches like in the system. Right. No, no, it's there. It's it's been mentioned, and they're aware of it. And okay. it's it, yeah, it's I think it's on the list to be fixed. I have the same problem. Okay. And uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do any of you use Tapastic? And have you like, not familiar with the name. Okay. Uh, just so you know, then it's uh, it's like I think it's newer, but it's a uh, webcomic subscription okay. place. Yeah. It's uh, like Comic Chameleon kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then once you reach a certain number of subscribers, it's kind of like Patreon in that mm -hmm. you get um, funded through the subscribers. Mm -hmm. But instead of being like, if you donate a dollar every month, you get a dollar thing, which sucks. Yeah. You get you <laughs> donate a dollar every month, and then once you hit whatever amount, then I send you a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. cool. Sweet. All right, I think we got time for one last question. It was a comment about Twitter and building your network through Twitter. Which strategies do you use? Do you use all of them in the sense of direct messaging, following, retweeting, commenting? I'm of the idea that there's a certain Twitter etiquette that uh, because I'm a podcast, I get bombarded with a lot of people wanting to get their stuff out there, right? Uh, which is cool. You want to get your stuff out there. But you you learn it as you go, too. Basically, I say get on Twitter. Start finding people and hashtags for things you like. Like, I got I got on hashtag Star Wars. Let's see what's up. Start following people that kind of have the same interests. And then you just kind of build, like, a network from there. But now, lately, there's been this fad of sending direct thank you direct messages after you followed somebody. And all of a sudden, I'll get a, a DM that says... Oh, thanks for following me. Why you you know you may want to check out my comic, and there's a link, and then this and that. Sorry, if I see that, I'm not even going to talk to you. <laughs> because I know you didn't send that. I know you sat there and you pre-did a thing, and you know your computer sent it to me. Personally, I like it done personally. I like that. I'm, do, I'm podcasting because I want to talk to people, right? So I say if you're going to send a direct message, make it a personal one. You know, don't just send it to like eight podcasts that you follow at once. Pick one that you listen to one think you might have a good conversation with this person or enjoy what they're into and kind of go from there. Don't just go willy-nilly. You know, be a little selective. But, I mean, there's enough out there that you can find ones that suit you. You know what I mean? I mean, if it proved to me that, you know, there's people out in the world, because if anybody is out there listening to me, there's somebody who's going to listen to anybody. So, <laughs> you know, just got to find your niche and you got to work. You got to build it. Yeah? Um, in regards to these comments, if we speak foreign languages, should we translate our own work or find professional translators? If you speak it yourself, I say go for it, because why pay for anything you don't have to? But on that note, um, I found the value of a good editor is... Ex you, you, <laughs> for a good editor, you can't pay enough. I have a lot of... I only speak one language, and I have a lot of lazy, slappy habits that I just overlook. Uh, so I, I would assume that particularly in terms of foreign language, if, uh, if you don't know all the rules, then it's worth investing in. But if you do, go for it, I say. Um, using your transcripts as well is a <laughs> phenomenal tool because then you've got your English write-up for uh, you know uh, anybody who's using the audio uh, transmission, and then if there's a second one, then that's that many more keywords that your Google spiders and all that will find. Yeah. Um, as far as translation, Evan, is just as, 
I, like I said, I freelance as a letterer. Definitely, um, there's nothing more like nails on a chalkboard to, you know, comic creators than seeing a comic that has, like, I mean, even if it's just because it was, you know, translated and, you know, this, these words take up this amount of space and then you translate it, it takes more, this it's like, make sure that it's lettered properly um, and that it's not going to cause problems with, you know, things like that, so, um, but that's something that you definitely want to double check with, so, um, do we have time? We've got like five, I just got the five minute sign. Yeah. Okay. So if we can go quickly, we got these last two quickly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was really happy with Transcontinental, if you're going to go Canadian, but they're not doing black and white offset anymore, so I'm, I'm fishing right now for a, a new printer to handle my next book. Uh, OTC Group in London is very good. I've been hearing about uh, uh, a lot of places overseas. Print Ninja apparently is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, any place you go that's print on demand, like uh, Lulu or whatever, you're going to pay through the nose for. So if you can bank a little extra cash and um, find the space to store 500 books, that's pretty much the best rate that I can get for the amount of space that I've got, um, particularly if you're, if you're going to buy locally. Uh, we just don't get the, the discounts that the Chinese do. But the thing I sort of find funny is uh, when I did the math, if you're not doing a full color book, going overseas didn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me because you end up paying almost the same amount in shipping. So uh, the the difference, I think, was about 45 cents. <laughs> so I'm, right. I'm exaggerating. Sorry, let's get one more. Yeah. I just want to ask uh, about uh, when you're starting to build the audience. Uh, I'm wondering about, uh, you mentioned free giveaways and things like that. Is that something that you think uh, would help? Uh, like, say, give the first issue away for free and then the rest you have to pay for, or is it better to do all of these? It, but a lot of people do that. Yeah, it depends on your story and your setup. Uh, one of the things that's sort of working for me right now, I'm doing my first long-form story online. And so I've broken it down into little chunks that are sort of standalone comics for people who want to show up. But um, my patrons are well ahead in the story. So in that sense, anybody who wants to read ahead can pay for it. Uh, they'll also be the ones to get the first books. Um, and that's just a convenience of that particular service. In terms of uh, giveaways that I've done online, like that one with the fitness thing, keep it um, small and affordable. Like I only gave away five books on that site, and I think I generated, I think it was something, it was something ridiculous, like eight times the amount of what those books cost me. So it, return on investment is a pretty big deal, particularly if you're not one who does things like Kickstarter and you're putting your own money out to begin with. So. Okay, I'm sorry, we got to wrap it up, but this is Ted Woods, this is Jay Fosgett, this is Bodie Troll, and this is Jules Faulkner. They're all at Artist Alley. They'll answer any more questions you have. Absolutely. Go see them, check out their books. They work. Thank you for your questions, you guys are awesome. An Elegant Weapon podcast, <laughs> anelegantweapon.ca. It's on iTunes. You hear all this kind of stuff all the time. All right, thanks for coming out, guys. Thanks.